Something comes out to say 19, 1940, right? Yeah. And I give you 2050 because I've got two quarters. Mm-hmm. And I just, what I'm hoping for is a dollar and a dime. And what yep. I get is like 25 nickels. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you absolute monster. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to reduce pocket weight. And yeah. And you've, yeah, you've, you've buried me. <laughs> I'm never going to financially recover from that. <laughs> Sorry, my boss just really hates nickels. I'm just trying to get rid of them every shift. Anytime I have to jog, everybody's going to know. Here comes old nickel pockets. <laughs> My name is... Mr. Sour Pickle. They are the visionaries. Rappling hood. Unlock it. It's all about helping people. Hold up with people. Oh, you're getting on my nerves, horse. We can't ever go back to Arizona. I How did JFK get my spaghetti video? To help them fight Mondragor. Hello, and welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. Kind of today, because I'm Andy. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. And this is our adult swim arc, so we kind of are going like flagrantly against our uh, tagline now that I this think about it. This is for teens. This is for <laughs> teens now. Yes. Adult podcast about adult swim. <laughs> the adult, the adult podcast swim about for teens teen only. Shows. About shows... <laughs> Late night uh, for on the Cartoon Network. I, uh, I I I really liked last week. We ha- we got to talk about two different shows: one that we didn't quite like, and one that we liked a lot. Uh, this week, I think we have two really big cheerleaders in uh, in the in the the roster right now with me and Rory. I don't actually know how much Austin knows about, has seen, or likes Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Well, let's which bury is the lead. I want to find out as late as possible how he really dug the <laughs> No, and I'm serious. I mean, yeah. when you have to say it, say it. But, like, I don't want you to spoil it right now. Because okay. there's two people here who are definite fans. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, people who are you were taking the temperature have something to go off of. Yeah, um, totally. I got into it at just the right age, at just the right time. Uh, season, I think I got in at the end of season two, uh, or like, well, season two was in, uh, was in repeats right. so that one of the episodes we watched today was, I think the, the first episode I saw live, the, the, the premiere of season three. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I, I never watched this show live. I never, I never saw a single episode of it on actual television. I, uh, I, my roommate in sophomore year of college, uh, was a huge fan and was always had it on. And that's that he was sort of my gateway into it. And I was like, Oh, okay. Fuck. Yeah. And I binged, I binged this show. And let's, uh, I guess let's, let's air our dirty laundry too. This is adult. This is Aqua Teen Hunger Force, a show with, I, I'd say some checkered history as it, as it prolongs into its decade long run. But <laughs> the first couple <laughs> seasons I can really get behind. And I, and I don't think that there needs much qualification for them. Yeah, yeah, and I believe, if I'm not completely mistaken, I believe it was a decade and a half, which is crazy. I think the last official content came out in 2015, and it started in 2000. Like, that's a crazy... That's wild. That's that's crazy. Some might say way too long for an 11-minute show kind of about nothing to last. Um, Well, you know, Seinfeld, they say, was a show about nothing, Uh, (laughs) you know? And what else, and what are you saying about it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> what a fun viewpoint you have. <laughs> I what's, mean, what's the deal uh, with this? Uh, it's a fry. It's a shake. The, the, they're food. There's, there's almost nothing. Dana Snyder is almost like a perfect joke delivery mach- machine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything he says is amplified by, you know, multitudes. There is a little bit of trickery there, right? Because like when you have a cast like this, you don't actually have to write something that funny because uh, it becomes yes. funny in the process of coming out of Tana's mouth. Like if you like if you if you just looked at a script of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, it might be bad. I think I think so. I, I mean, if not bad, then I, I definitely worse. I mean, mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. does he does so much for the show's comedy. I think I think every time you laugh we laughed out uh I'll speak for myself. Every time I laughed out loud this episode was either a shake joke or a Carl a shake's <laughs> delivery or Carl's delivery. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh for I guess I guess extremely basic information before we dive in. Um just because it's I could I could maybe imagine someone having never even seen a moment of this, this oh i think sh- so yeah despite this... how long it's been on it, it sort of it sort of garnered a please don't watch me oh <laughs> yeah. reputation uh-huh. <laughs> for sure uh so this technically is a space ghost coast to coast spinoff um they they did an episode of space ghost uh late in the run called uh baffler meal where they introduced these like proto versions of these characters almost like the tracy ullman simpsons of this show and uh, they made a whole thing out of it. And apparently there was a they, they did a bit of a trick where it's like, OK, we've got a, a sentient milkshake, ball of meat and order of fries. And the Cartoon Network is like, so what are they going to do? And they're like, I don't know, nothing. And they're like, we can't make a show about this. And so then they were like, OK, they're the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. They're going to go around like solving crimes or something. And Cartoon Network was like, all right. Okay, and they did it for about four episodes, and then they said, fuck that, and then the rest of the show was not. It was like a weird pull-the-wool-over-Cartoon-Network's-eyes scenario. A Trojan horse of, of yeah. anything, of, of <laughs> any sort of context or... Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the fact that they are sort of, you know, food monsters <laughs> is, is, very, is, is kind of hilariously ancillary to everything, um, and yet often provides good humor with somebody derogatorily referring to to master shake as cup <laughs> yeah totally and and sometimes like someone will eat one of frylock's fries or you know what i mean like like it's weird and they they use it um it is not easy it's not easy to describe the action they all live in a house they have a neighbor who's a normal human his name is carl uh he's gross and wonderful and they just get into weird shit. They like, you know, they, they're they're easy tropes, right? I mean, Frylock is sort of type A and easy to get mad. And he's the shake. Donatello. Yeah, he's the Donatello. Master Shake is the like full agent of chaos with absolutely no morals who uh, just sort of does whatever he's going to do. Fuck everything. And then Meatwad is a naive sort of childlike person who uh who just rolls with it all the time and Uh, well i was gonna say maybe uh you know master shake is mac and 
Frylock <laughs> is Dennis and Meatwad is Charlie. If, if, that's not you, know, bad. if you that's watch bad. Always Sunny, good. it's kind of. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. And even the, even the name is weird. It doesn't make sense. Aqua, I don't know where water comes in. Teen, they're not teens. Are they four teens? Are they helping protect teens? No. Hunger, okay, they're food. Force, okay, maybe at the beginning I mean, I, they I were. Think it's a, I think it's a riff on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Like, it's just, it's weird. The DNA doesn't make sense together. Like, the concept is nothing. Almost. No, it was, it was only had even in the space coast episode that you linked us so that we could watch for context and i put quotes around context <laughs> Big because quotes. because even then there's barely any sort of thread understanding their entire creation and when they move into the show there's really not even any i mean it, it's such a bizarre thing to have sprung from zeus's head fully formed I think that's I think that's like literally the best job that we can possibly do at this point. We have to talk about action now. So let's let's not let's not waste any more time. We gotta dive right in. Let's cup right in. My name is the Mike Rula, the old schooler. You wanna trip? I'm bring it to you. All right, you, you swim in adults. Uh, time to get get in the pool because we dived right. In, we you know we got we went into the pool. Uh, we kicked all we, the kids out. Right, and and we're swimming uh, in it, and our first swim of the night is uh, this is bad. Uh, Boy, do is, you really do you need a little help? Should I like should I jump in and sort of puppet you around like <laughs> weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> No, no, I've got some little wings here. I've got some water <laughs> wings. And that is Aqua Teen Hunger Force Season 2, Episode 10. Not according to HBO uh, Max, but according to uh, Wikipedia's production order. Uh, this is called Brood Witch, a famous episode. Uh, and here is the synopsis. It's Master not called Shake... Brood Witch, comma, a famous episode. <laughs> it, it, it is to me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Master Shake discovers a cavern where a cursed sandwich known as the Brood Witch rests. Every time he ingests a bite of the sandwich, he is sent to a hellish dimension for a few seconds and is warned by a disembodied voice and Frylock that anyone who eats the entire sandwich will be trapped there. After trying to fight his temptation, Shake continues to eat the sandwich, but is not trapped in the other dimension because he removed tomatoes from the sandwich. The voice eventually offers him free brain surgery, after which Shake eats the tomatoes and is sent to the other dimension. The uh, uh, the whole last sentence is uh, most of the most of the Aqua Teen episodes end in a sort of cannon destroying death of one or all of the characters. Uh -huh. Yes, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of arbitrary. You don't need to pay attention to the fact that he dies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for those yeah. for those who need to know. Yes. Also, that synopsis was technically accurate. It, they're, they're, we have beefy synopses for eleven minute episodes. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, it like like we've talked about last week, and we're gonna say a couple more times, I think, throughout the course of this arc, is that the content of an Adult Swim show is not necessarily its plot. Uh, the content you're there to consume is the vibe and well, so the I jokes. I don't know that I agree with Aqua Teen. I mean, certainly to a degree, plot is never is never more important than than character. And you yeah, can, and and you know, but with all four of these episodes we're looking at, 
to each one has a distinct plot that matters for the shape of the episode, the quality, the not the quality, the content of the jokes. Totally, totally. Yeah, the plot is 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 not is not a throwaway. The plot is a driving force in what gets us from mm-hmm. scene to scene. There's certainly more than uh, Space Ghost had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah, by a which country felt mile. Very much like stream of consciousness writing. This definitely, you know, yeah, you're right. It has it has a shape. I mean, the whole episode. We're just trying to get Shake to eat this sandwich <laughs> or not eat the sandwich. He likes to live in this middle ground where he eats part of the sandwich. <laughs> uh, I I think this may have been the first episode of Aqua Teen that I ever saw. I would say that's probably the truth for most people. This would mm-hmm. be the one that punched into the cultural zeitgeist, I think, certainly more than any other episode. But I'm not sure how much Aqua Teen's presence is in the, you know, in the in the mainstream. but. As as close as it gets to mainstream, I think Broodwitch is at is at the uh, is at the vanguard. Yeah, and it is it's good because it has like it has some very memorable moments. Uh, it's got some like weird visual stuff, and it has that dreamlike quality that a lot of these shows had, right? I mean, like you could you could sort of like out from the outside, sort of uh, reductively call it stuff for stoners, right? But right. like. It, a lot it of transcends sh- stoner comedy. This it does. This has one of the funniest. This has one of the funniest slams of all fucking time. Gee Willikers, it must be obvious day on Camp Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, I yeah. I think what's weird. What's weird is that I say the the, the stoner thing right. It, I think that was the perception at the time. I mean, this is 20 years ago at this point. I think that a lot of the style of humor that these shows were using, maybe they were using it a lot more, but this humor and structure is no longer these days like stoner content. It has no. become more mainstream, like this style of writing. I think you can get you can get stoner buy-in specifically when it comes to comedy on weird shit. Yeah. It, Especially like weird late night shit, um, but you know, as is the way with uh, you know the evolution of jokes, uh, you know, the C Lab of of you know of the year two thousand is the Archer of the year twenty twenty. Like it, mm-hmm. the sense of humor did refine a little bit. It did mainstreamify a little bit, but ultimately that same witticism persisted. It just became more more acceptable right yeah yeah and i think that there are elements of the aqua teen writing style that are in adventure time for instance totally you know what i mean like like it found its way into children's entertainment a lot and like the sort of like weirder off to the side kind of content like it's 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 interesting i guess show and yeah yeah i see a lot of i mean so king of the hill only predates this by a year or two but um well, I guess a couple, but anyway, this is the sort of second show that I that I experienced after King of the Hill. That was like, you could show this to your mom or dad, and they, you would know in your heart it's funny, and they just wouldn't be there, right? Yep. Like, yes, you have to learn the characters a little bit to to start. It's it's so character based and so lacking in punchline, and uh, like you know, set up, you know. When mm-hmm. one-liners set up, it's 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 just a different kind, 
it's a different kind of joke. Well, yeah. And I think I never really clicked with Aqua Teen. Uh, I watched it very briefly here and there on TV, but it was never sort of like appointment television for me. And because I was only sort of catching it, like a lot of these Adult Swim shows in a very sort of late fugue state. Yeah, totally sort of thing. I never, again, was always kind of looking for more context for the show and for these characters that I never quite got. And so I never, even if I'd seen a couple episodes, I never felt like I really, like, owned these these characters or sort of knew them or, or right. had any sort of, like... No, late. I feel that. It's, like I said, it, it's a show that sort of demands you care about it before it's earned that. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and not to mention, we haven't talked about this, but the cold open for every Aqua Teen has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Right. Uh, yeah. And what is going on with that? The sort that, of meta situation. The Dr. Weird thing started as part of the conceit of the show, right? Where he's a he's some sort of mad villain and they're a superhero team. And it clearly devolved right away. Yep. Um, and he, they kept it because it was the opportunity to sort of do a non sequitur abstract humor gag. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like another show that lasts 30 seconds or less before your 11-minute show that's about to air. Uh-huh. And it's very weird. In, in in the case of season three, that's literal, because they, with uh, the Plutonians and the Moonanites, uh, Space Kataz was made as a 10-minute pilot episode for Adult Swim that they didn't pick up, so they split the 10-minute pilot episode up into little chunks that they oh, had, that wild. they used at the beginning of every season three episode. So That's like bizarre. That's crazy. Yeah. So like that one actually has a through line. Like if you watch season three in order, that it like, makes sense. It makes but sense. It, Space Kataz is its own show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, so that that's an, that's another example of like it's 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 not immediately friendly. Like, what was that? No. What is this? Who is that? Like it's bizarre. Here, here's a good example of a joke that I really love uh in Broodwitch. So I mean, it's not even an explicit joke. It's like one of these things that we're always talking about with like the character shit. Like right at the beginning, Master Shake has way too many Battlefield Earth memorabilia cups. <laughs> <laughs> and they've littered the house. And he is freaking out about like, like Meatwad and Frylock are like, Oh, them Battlestar Earth blasted drunk cars. Don't you touch those. They're in mint condition and they're going to stay that way. I touch them all the way to the trash cans. And we can clearly see the art of these cups that are everywhere. Like dripping with cola. And dripping with cola. And it's just the fact that Shake is like getting upset about this bullshit thing and claiming their mint condition like it it immediately paints what type of person he is in such a good way that makes me smile so fast and i i don't know like that's the that's the kind of thing that i think they do really well like in and around all of their explicit jokes see you know what's funny though is in that moment i i think i laughed more at just sort of you describing what we watched than actually like me laughing during the episode. I, la- I laughed during it. Like I said, you you have to you have to learn to love it a little bit, Austin. Yeah, but because <laughs> I, I don't, the thing is, is that so much of it is just kind of like general smiles. It's you know, it's just kind of like yeah, I smiled at that. It's sort of fun. <laughs> My favorite military character, General Smiles. General Smiles <laughs> reporting for duty. Well, I mean, but then, but then, um, we the turn uh, of the scene is that Frylock wants him to go plant these azalea bushes. And uh, he has sort of developed an elaborate ruse. <laughs> He's gamified it. He's right. gamified it. And <laughs> and the funny, to me, there's there's a couple funny parts of that where he's uh, 
so he's built a treasure map with <laughs> and shake says oh there's you know 12 12 x's exactly where i need to plant these horrible azalea bushes um, oh yeah that's so weird and then meatwad thinks he's gonna go dig for mer- buried treasure at which point shake has lost all pretense of uh of being too cool for school and does not want anybody else to get this treasure. <laughs> yeah, it's so right. funny. He goes so fast from not even believing the treasure is real to as soon as meat, like the chance that Meatwad might actually find treasure against all odds instead of him. Hey, if anyone calls me, I'm going to be outside with a shovel. No, shovel. no, you don't. That bullion's mine. Yeah, it's so funny. And all of these moments are so like really quick. And right. I, the, pirate, I, the pirates must have buried our gas line down here. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of this whole scene, like, we, you know, if you if you paid attention during the summary, you know that uh, he finds a cavern or something. Yeah, it discovers a cavern where the cursed sandwich known as the brood witch rests. And so we've got this cavern full of skulls. But the whole time, Meatwad in the background of the scene has decided he's like, I'm going to plant these azalea bushes. And he's just dropping azalea bushes down this open hole through the whole rest of the scene. In the background, Meatwad's just dropping azalea bushes. And I love it. I fucking love it. I just, I don't know. I, I, I really, I'm getting a still a vibe from you, Austin. Like you, 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 you got partway there and you're still not there. No, I'm, and I'm that's curious a, that's okay. if by the end of the, I'm curious if he watches an order, then he might have fonder feelings of the later one so um it's possible i i'm holding i'm holding out hope uh-huh. we gotta keep a, a friend boy, for, we gotta keep a for friend the boy, today. for the boy absolutely breezy. no i mean i you know i enjoyed these episodes you know, it's the thing <laughs> is is i enjoyed all of it it's it's mm-hmm. just you know it moves so quickly and it's so chaotic yeah it what is, you i think what you have to sort of tune into is it really is the master shake show and that Almost everything Dana Snyder says is a slam dunk. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that takes a little bit of time to tune into the nuance of the show. Not that you not that you couldn't get it at first, but you you just don't. You, you you're listening to other characters. You're you're you haven't found where the rhythm of the show sort of reverberates. Yeah. I I kind it's, it's I, I mostly I mostly shake. agree. I mostly you know, agree. Sh- yeah. Frylock shake. doesn't have a single doesn't have a single like banger line. Nor does Meatwad. Meatwad's got a little bit of comedy, but you know it's... his comedy is like the 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 weird. Like here's a, here's an example of a Meatwad joke, right? So uh, at one point, um, Master Shake. So he's been he keeps taking bites of this sandwich and ending up in the hell dimension and coming back. And at one point, he forces Meatwad to take a bite of the sandwich, and uh, Meatwad disappears for a second and comes back, and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey how'd you like Mister Sticks?" He was a real treat, wasn't he? Yeah, Joe said you guys had a little running, but he's a decent guy. I mean, once you get to know him. Bull crap! I know that guy was all over you with his axe. No, that don't sound like Jerry. Not the Jerry I know. Took me to Merry Christmas. Which is a strip club. Merry Triple Xmas. You see what I'm saying? Give me that sandwich! Like, that is not like a, 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 an absurdly laugh out loud joke. But it is fun. It's very fun. And the way that Meatwad's mind sort of just like slowly slows down in a direction you <laughs> yeah, didn't want. Sure. Like, I know uh-huh. that guy was all over you with his ass. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Jerry. Now, Jerry, I know told me Merry Christmas. Like, it's weird. It's a weird rhythm. And then he does get a big dunk at the end where like he like Shake takes another bite and he disappears into the hell dimension. And Frylock's like, really? And he's like, no, that dude had an axe. 
I mean, is there is there anything else before we move on to the next one and we make Austin read? There's the sort of there's the iconic scene of when when Shake is sort of listening in on the conversation between uh, the two the two Hell Dimension characters, which I'm tempted to want to play, but I also feel like it's the most famous scene from Aqua Teen, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that we need to. But yeah. we'll waffle on that and decide. I mean, I've we'll never hear. heard, I've never seen it before. Oh man! So what do you think of that scene? I don't actually remember it. I remember it was just is that a, is that H John Benjamin? Yes. It's H John Benjamin for sure. Yeah. And uh, and John Glazer, uh, uh, Jam Councilman Jerry, Jeremy Jam. So I don't know. She's like, move your skulls to the basement because I got these drapes. I don't even get that. I'm like, honey, this is work. Are you serious? I can't, yeah, I can't put them in the basement. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and she's like, you know, can you put a tarp over them also? Oh and no, I just way. Felt like no, I'm not. <laughs> Damn, Damn I got one at home just like it, man. Yeah, am I got a kid now? And so well, that's a whole other set of bullshit, I'm sure. Right. So Kathy puts the co-sleeper right next to my preserved brain collection. And she wants me to move him because she thinks it's not hygienic. I don't understand how there's such a lack of appreciation for that backlight coming through the glass of the jars that the brains are in. And it just looks cool. You've seen that. Why move it? That's the point of putting it next to the window. And right. I'm sure you've because explained that yeah. to Kathy, but she no, obviously doesn't move the it. bed, but there's no, you know, there's, I can't even argue with it. Ugh, f***ing ridiculous. So if I want to move the bed... Hey, isn't it that guy? I want to the toilet seat, right? Oh, what the? Sherry, no, we're cool. It's cool, man. We're Jake, cool. Jake. It's a, it's a weird call. It's a weird like reference to Don Hertzfeld, like the art oh. style in there. Oh, um, I, I, it felt familiar. Yeah, it's a, it's an, it's an odd place to do it, I guess. Um, well, it's, it's interesting because you'd expect to go to some sort of. Christian hell or something, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Whenever he takes a bite of this sandwich. And instead, yeah, he goes to some sort of, you know, like Twin Peaks red room with the, like the zigzag <laughs> yeah. floor, but then with, with like Don Hertzfeld characters. Yeah. It's a very strange, uh, choice that, that feels like it has to be deliberate in some way, you know, like, yeah, t- to just call stuff lol random. You know, is is definitely a disservice. To no, this show is not random. Right, it, it's really not. It's yeah. chaotic, but it's not random. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is this kind of double fake out ending uh, mm-hmm. that I that I did enjoy quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> I think was my big. Actually, I think my biggest laugh of the episode was he finally. So he he ate all the brood witch except for the sun dried tomatoes that he took out because he thought they were gross. Yeah. And. You can't uh, do some of the brew witch. You can, because I did. <laughs> uh, and them all sort of walking away from these sun-dried tomatoes uh, has caused a sort of victory here, right? They've, they've successfully mm-hmm. resisted the temptation of the brood witch and uh, find out that his reward is he gets to marry some sort of skeleton bride. <laughs> The disembodied voice seems so surprised Shake doesn't want to marry the skeleton bride. (laughs) Hell no, I'm not marrying this bag of bones. Seriously? Yes, seriously. And it's like not like a like an active skeleton. This is not like an animated skeleton of anything. It's just bones. It's just like a bone skeleton (laughs) with with in a some sort of cocktail dress. Um. (laughs) And and then he's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to marry this this bone skeleton. All right, 
Congratulations! I know that I said the last one was it, but that was the last temptation of the Brood Witch. You passed again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was very good. <laughs> right, and then they sort of quickly run through the... Yeah, they quickly end the episode. Right, it, the, it, the... in that, like... What do I win now? Free brain surgery. That's what I'm talking about, baby! Hey, wait a minute. Now eat him. Now eat him. Dancing is forbidden. I don't. I, I still don't know why the, they chose dancing is forbidden for the end theme, but it is. It just happens. I mean, it's it's so it's so in there. Like when you, uh, you know, when you watch a show enough and you get used to the sound cues, like, like I that that song is like a real happy place for me. Like just finishing an episode and getting to the credit sequence, mm, so mm. good. Yeah. It, no, it's a good one. Okay, the second episode we watched was season two, episode 14. Again, according to episode order and not HBO order, Revenge of the Trees. And here is the synopsis. After a fulfilling Labor Day barbecue, courtesy of Master Shake flash frying a cow corpse with an industrial sized deep fryer, Frylock demands Shake to dispose of the oil where he and Carl do so by dumping the oil in the forest, which angers the trees. Carl is captured on the spot and Shake is arrested two days later. Carl is tortured while Shake is put on trial for his environmental crime, and Frylock must assist Shake in helping him win the trial to escape. Some funky grammar in that one, I will I will admit. What do you do in Wikipedia? But that is the gist of it. Uh there is something so awful about watching Carl's skin get ripped off by a tree. Oh, this guy yeah, this guy's yeah. playing is intense. So this was this was an Andy pick. I mean, I like the episode, but I believe this one was the one Andy wanted in, in the episode. Is that correct? It was it was from a I, I didn't like rewatch the episode, but I remember I remember this one feeling very uh very aquatine in 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 terms of its like This has a few moments I really enjoyed. Don't get me wrong, it's a good mm-hmm. episode. I was just trying to I was I was uh curious if you still felt as strongly about it. I don't feel like crazy strongly about it, but I think if we're talking about like picking four episodes, right? And if we're, if all of them were like the Stone Cold bangingest ones, I think this one, I think this one is more par with your average Aqua Teen experience. Sure. And yet I, I still mean, like it. St- it still has a few, a few really, really banging moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I really has... like the trees themselves. It's very funny to watch <laughs> the trees these trees walk. <laughs> <laughs> they do this sort of spider crawl across the ground, and it's a sort of unsettling. <laughs> uh, I like the whole concept that the trees are really annoyed and and upset about humans using their bodies for paper, and so as retribution, they use Carl's skin as paper <laughs> because they keep sending like you know essentially like juries like like court summons or tickets to shake, and they're all written on pieces of car. <laughs> so shake is given this sort of like. See, I think they call him a scrub uh, or a, what is he, a brush, a sort of brush attorney, some sort of lesser tree, some sort of lesser oh, tree yeah. elemental. Yeah. Um, as his as his public defender. <laughs> and as Shakes sees things going sideways, he t- tries to camouflage himself as a tree. And and <laughs> the brush screams like, he ripped my arms off. Shut up, I didn't rip them. Shake. You're making it worse. Because Shake is 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 like covered in mud and bark and has these 
two little tree hands that he's pretending are his own. He's shut up. I didn't rip that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just so funny. I, I mean, found I was I was um, tickled by the initial concept of this episode because I feel like it is the closest sometimes the show gets to like a real life incident clearly triggering an episode because uh-huh. if anybody who has ever deep fried anything uh it is a project you realize has a step you didn't think about <laughs> <laughs> which is you start and you have fun and you deep fry the big thing that you want to deep fry and now you are left with a cauldron of hot oil and you don't really know and what very to do about few it. ethical places to put it uh-huh exactly <laughs> Yes. Um, and so that, I don't know. I think that's just like a fun, a fun concept to center an episode around because yeah. I think a lot of us have been there. It's very relatable, hashtag relatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the, a lot of these shows or these episodes, I would say, are not hashtag relatable in, in a no. way that they don't need to be. But, it, you know, it was, it, it was a fun bit of uh, a, a pull from real life that I could relate to. Sure. Yeah, I really liked Shake early on, where Fry- Frylock's getting mad at him. He's like, now let's tip. You're not doing that, Shake. Look, that oil needs to be disposed of properly. You know the river is over two miles from here? The river is not where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, those, th- th- that's a perfect Aquatine joke, because uh, to sort of do a little joke deconstruction, uh, that is Shake's logic as, the, as a place to dispose it, right? That's not yeah. a real place to do it. It's... It's, but it's so funny that that is the. <laughs> I don't even know how to. It's, it, it, it's even hard to describe. Like that, shake shake goes to something like that as his as his logical, you know, end 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 position. Mm-hmm. Um, is is what constantly gives me the giggles. The same we mentioned it in the in the one before, um, where where he's tricked into digging for buried treasure. Uh, yeah. And he says those bullions are mine. Like nobody's mentioned gold bullions at yeah. all. He's constantly <laughs> building fantasy worlds and and extrapolating things that we're not privy to, but we can sort of see the pulleys and the gears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very fun. Yeah. So the so this like essentially a swimming pool full of hot oil <laughs> is sitting around by day two, and there's flies buzzing around it and everything, and he hasn't taken it out. Um, and so he and Carl decide to just dump it in the woods. Um, and by doing that, they have angered these sort of anthropomorphic trees who, who capture Carl and start, what, flensing him, basically? Or Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think flensing is, is the appropriate term. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And these trees, I think this is a, this is a sort of class of Aqua Teen character, I would guess. I would say that is... They're semi-recurring, like once every season or two. Yeah, and I think, I think a lot of it comes from one of the uh, one of the creators. I don't remember. I feel like it's got to be um, Matt Mailaro. Is that how you say his name? Like, there's a there's know. a there's a type of delivery that he does because he also voices uh, Ur, the Moon Knight. Uh, no, is he? Is it Ur or is I it... don't know. Actually, don't know. Damn, I don't remember which one, but it's very Moon Knight in this way. Like these these characters that are, I think are sort Ignacht of. I think has the more yes, has Ign- the yes. more enunciation-y. Uh, yeah, uh, and his lines. and his delivery is his delivery is always very like this. Season 
bloody darn farts! Well, then why did you paint that on the side of your ship? Unless you long to consume your own farts. It's so pathetic. Gross. What kind of a creature gets nutrition from its own farts, sir? They do, man. That's absolutely correct. It's like this weird, like soft-spoken but forceful, and like oh, taking themselves very seriously. Like this, this sort of strange, almost like ethereal character. And these trees, these trees have this exact same sort of quality, where they walk in and they're like, "We shall find his age. Cut him in half. Count his rings." We shall find his age. Cut him in half. Count his rings. Okay, I'm an adult. Okay. <laughs> and and it's like the, I don't I don't know I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's a reference to something like this sort of delivery, but it's it's everywhere now. And it's part of the it's part of the sort of like, I guess, soundscape of watching vocabulary it. of the show. Yeah. 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 And I love it. Like that. I guess that's just sort of a thing that vibes with me. I guess I love it. It's very funny to me. Yeah. I mean, so the rest of the episode from here, you know, uh, Master Shay gets a summons from the woods, uh, from the trees, <laughs> and then he gets taken to wood court and, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And uh, that will be the rest of the episode. Will be wood jokes. Um, <laughs> they play back some camera footage, and it's like they're lowering a TV and watching it, but it's just it's a, a log. log. <laughs> and the right. trees are all like, "Oh, oh!" And then immediately afterwards, Mister Firelock, I'm telling you, it's not me in that video. <laughs> There's no video, silly. Oh fuck. Sorry, this is one of those episodes where we're just going to drop clips and go, isn't this funny? I think so. I think I think we, I think we can breeze past it as one that that is is very that has great moments but not a lot of conversation like conversation. Right. Points. And and the end is is one of those kind of like uh how do we get out of this? Pull the escape cord and and uh you know, Frylock just kind of lasers everybody and burns it and they kind of mm-hmm. call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so how about uh we go to a sponsor real quick? Let's, yeah, do, let's it. do it. Well, ring a ding ding, Austin. That's the dinner bell. I'm coming. <laughs> Good. So <laughs> I know that uh, I think everybody does that. Um, you know, for for profit educations up uh, is a tricky topic, but. Uh, September and Tuesdays this week is, it has a pretty cool new sponsor that I think I think is going to challenge that status quo. Okay. Mm. So could you tell everybody about Crocodile University? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so Why excited did I take to a finally. Drink? <laughs> I'm so excited to get the opportunity to talk about about Croc U, uh, which, as you all know, is where I went to school. Um, I am a, a proud graduate of Crocodile University. And so I am here to also kind of share the the good word about Crocodile University. Um, It is, as Rory mentioned, it is a for-profit school. Mm. And it is very expensive. (laughs) I'm just going to get that sort of, you know, out in the open. Just to sort of know the gatekeep, you know, to gatekeep a little bit. The gates are up and the gate is you need to be extremely wealthy. Um, Or you sort of need to kind of know... Um, you know, know the right crocodile. Can, know the right crocodile, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, which is a great segue to sort of talk about what you're kind of getting into. Crocodile University is run by and typically for crocodiles. Um, Wealthy crocodiles. <laughs> yes, very expensive. Yeah, and so they all have handbags. 
you know, that's where you hear the term, right? Is because oh, is there a crocodile handbag? Is is that yeah. what that meant? Yeah, I really yeah. had a different. Yeah, they all have like Prada and Coach bags. Oh, uh, hmm. because they're very wealthy, so they buy yeah. up all the bags. Um, Happy to be wrong. Yeah, so they live in the swamp, but I know you're thinking, Swamp, how is there a prestigious university in the swamp for crocodiles? Well, <laughs> the answer is that there is sort of a secret second swamp that you don't get to see, that when crocodiles are just above the surface, below that, the rest of the crocodile is in another more expensive swamp. and <laughs> Like a much wealthier Yeah, a much swamp. wealthier zip code of the swamp. <laughs> um, and so if you go sort of underneath the swamp water with a crocodile, they'll take you. You you might think they might just eat you oh, alive. Oh, they have to they carry actually, you across the threshold, right. like a, like no, a guardian, like a exactly guardian. Like a um, <laughs> and they take you into a new fancy swamp world. It's sort of an isekai situation. You're taken into a fancy another world like mm. an anime, but it's a university mm. where everyone's a crocodile. And so I had a really fun experience being the only human at the crocodile school. Uh, where we sort of studied and built our crocodile powers and slowly gained abilities and, you know, maybe developed some romance and uh, had some intercollegiate rivalry between the alligator school. Oh, And okay. so anyway, the point is... No, uh, I, I want to I know in full detail how <laughs> everything about Crocodile University. Please don't, <laughs> don't, abridge, don't abridge this ad on our, on our listeners' account. We'll spare the airtime. Well, sure, of course. I mean, you know, of course, the, the most... <laughs> debated you know the the hot the hot class is taught by professor snaps and uh that's about chewing uh chewing intro to chewing intro to chewing by professor snaps um and what about that fun thing they do where they spin what about that fun crocodile spin well you know i i, I would tell you but i'm you know i've got a bound to secrecy so, well it's a for-profit you know so they got tools of the mm. trade and, you know, secrets and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you got to have to learn that one. So how do there. we know so, you went to Crocodile University? Well, I've got this diploma, which I'm holding up right now. So <laughs> it's very, um, but you can't other, you can't otherwise go into much detail about your time. <laughs> no, I'd rather not. No, but I can tell you that, uh, I did major in letting birds pick shit out of your teeth, <laughs> uh, while you sort of sit back. <laughs> it's a good deal. It's a great deal, and it's one you should check out right now. Do you feel like you've seen a return on your investment from the from the pecking? No, definitely not. <laughs> well, fair enough. All right, y'all. This is this is Aquatine Hunger Force Wikipedia season two, episode sixteen. As you've heard about the about the great controversy, uh, this this is my pick as a sort of you know as a sort of deeper cut Aquatine episode. Yeah, uh, this is Spirit Journey Formation Anniversary. <laughs> it's Meatwad's birthday, and Master Shake can't stand Happy Birthday to you. He commissioned a new heavy metal song co-written. By him, Zach Wilde, and Getty Lee, titled Spirit Journey Formation Anniversary, which is intended to replace the original birthday song. Frylock is shocked to discover the entire endeavor cost $1.4 million. <laughs> Shake, having bought expensive things on Zach's charge and expects the song to be a hit, 
so he can cash in on royalties and pay off the project. Unfortunately, not only do Frylock and Miwat hate the song, nobody else likes nor wants to buy it, putting Shake in deep financial trouble. After a failed attempt to sell the house and a furious <laughs> Zach Wilde showing up and injuring him, Shake and Zach play the song at a pizza place along with two Scorpion <laughs> animatronics in a bid to pay off everything, which only makes matters worse. <laughs> That's a meaty summary. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, you can throw scorpions in most things, and it's a little funnier. Uh, uh, 100% funnier. Uh, 200% funnier if you put in two animatronic scorpions. It is now 200% funnier. It scales up perfectly. Yeah. Uh, I I really do like this new song that he's written. Um, if anybody doesn't know, they explain it in the episode. But uh, Zach Wilde is like a musician that played with Ozzy Osbourne. And Getty Lee is from Rush. And yeah, which uh, Harvey Birdman also made an explicit reference to the seminal moving uh, Rush album, Moving Pictures, as like a <laughs> recurring joke. And so I don't know the the Gen Xiness of yes of these shows are, cannot be overstated. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like the lyrics. Uh, I'm not going to play you a clip of this because it might be really tough to hear what they're actually saying. But the lyrics are. Deep within the wall of time, a creed shall thus be born, to see the mighty united with the egg of tyranny. Check this forest from within the womb of life for three-quarter a night. Yeah, the creed shall thus be born. Deep within the womb of time, a creed shall thus be born, to see the mighty united with the egg of tyranny. And uh, happy birthday, I guess, is not a lyric in the song. No, no, I'm I'm a sucker for a, for like a fake birth, you know, Arthurian birthday song, uh, and you know, and a little a little bit of a rush, some rush humor is always welcome. It's good. Yeah, it's like a really bad impression of the of the rush singer. <laughs> Getty Lee, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I'm interested. What's what is what is what is it about this one for you? Uh, because I think I think what we've really discovered is that this is sort of a Rorschach test where Rory's like, so why'd you pick the forest one? And I'm sitting here kind of going, so why'd you pick the Spirit Journey Formation Anniversary episode? I uh, there there are little moments of this one that I find so so quintessentially Aquatine. Um It isn't the best, but at the same time, it it I I, I stand by it. It holds up. It's Again, we we were tasked with not just playing the four most famous or I think right. the four easiest picks, the four slam dunks. I wanted to pick at least a couple episodes that most people who were not diehards, you know, wouldn't have seen. And totally. so this one I feel goes a little under the radar and yet has a lot of has a lot in it that is that is hilarious. Um, yeah. I, I the situation itself is just really funny. I mean, th there's not uh, it's not you can't understate even in a like ridiculous chaos comedy like this, like the value of a premise, which is at least going to make you smile all the time, like is huge because it like raises the baseline of your enjoyment. Um, 
I think that this entire concept is really funny to me. Uh, and there's there's plenty of Aqua Teen episodes that I've watched where I'm like, I don't even think this concept is that funny. And I'm like, I'm not going along with the, <laughs> there's, with the, so, the roller coaster. So we, we established earlier in the episode that Zach Wilde only travels by a chariot driven by a train of white horses. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and when Shake knows he's in trouble and there's like constant knocks on the door, he's like, Hi y'all, it's Lauren. They got kids from school. Oh no. What kind of car is it? Don't tell me it's a chariot driven by a train of white stallions. Oh, it's a chariot driven by a train of white stallions. Oh, hell, it's Zach! You got a cover body! I wasn't here! The guy was drunk and out of Whoa, control. What the, what's that jet doing in our yard? Oh, hell, what does it look like? Well, it's in the shape of a bass guitar, and it's painted with a giant owl. Swooping down from the moon, I know. It's Getty's jet. For it, we gotta get the hell out of here. I got him! <laughs> Getty leaves. <laughs> this kind of hyper-specificity that is not inherently a joke but not like anti-humor yeah is yeah. this sort of really bullseye aquatine shit that's like specific yeah just hyper specificity to to things that uh that are inherently funny right Sun-drying when tomatoes they, when they say that the uh the second verse of the birthday song has goes into the death cycle <laughs> uh, a very necessary <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's there's a there's a sequence where like Shake is trying to sell the house as well, uh, which is very sort of strange. Uh, I, the, like the, not only do they not own that house, they rent it, but also like the person that Shake has showing up looks very not in their right mind. And they're wandering around saying like Alabama, Babla, Mama, Babla, Alabama. I'm a and tree like, wizard. Hey, it's really a lucky thing you stop by. Seeing trees, I, I'll take care of I'm a, I'm a tree. I'm a tree wizard. Hey, that is great. That gets a teeny bit lol random, at the, but like the way that Shake handles it, like it's not weird is very fun, right? Yeah, I mean, his lines, his lines are really not played for a laugh. They're, they're funny because they're random, but they're not, I don't think that they're, trying to make him out to be this sort of like, you know, psychotic punchline monster. No. Right. He's not showing up as Kramer. He's he's a scary <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a scary person who shouldn't yeah. be in their house. <laughs> uh so I do want to talk about this uh this sort of finale because they proved to Zach Wilde that they can what recoup the cost by putting on a show at Pizza Potamus. Yeah, uh, a, a sort of Chuck E. Cheese place, which again, this this interesting Hanna Barbera cinematic universe thing. Mm-hmm. There's a gr- there is a great meatwad joke in this episode where he wants. They're sort of going over how dangerous this this sort of abandoned kids pizza place is. This abandoned Chuck E. Cheese is, and Meatwad wants to uh, wants to eat these exposed wires. <laughs> oh God! Right. Meatwad's already experiencing our interactive fun zone. Hey, which one you can eat and which one you can't? Meatwad, put that down. I know, Dad. Don't eat the hot loop. Put the grass for the taste in. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last one we watched, everybody. Oh, no. Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Season 3, Episode 1. That is... Uh, going to be a no conflict between your wikipedia and your hbo mm-hmm. <laughs> finally <laughs> finally yeah. uh, video ouija meatwad plays video ouija a video game that allows you to speak with the dead after <laughs> unsuccessful <laughs> after unsuccessfully interrupting the game 
Shake comes up with an idea to commit suicide in order to scare Meadwad from within the game. <laughs> As Shake is elaborately killing himself, Meadwad quickly tires of the game and moves on to another. His plans foiled, Shake begs Frylock to bring him back to life, so, Fry- so Frylock hires a witch doctor for the job, only to realize that the doctor is an intern who only knows how to revive chickens. Various <laughs> failed attempts to revive Shake ensue. So uh, this is one I've definitely seen before. Yeah, this is, yeah. Alongside Broodwitch, one of the culturally relevant episodes of the show. This is one that permeated whether you'd sort of seen it or not. Have Whether it's from the people at school you don't like or not, <laughs> um, have sort of been qu- have quoted I, ver- I parts of so this I'm so glad I was out of school when Rick and Morty was on. I didn't have to choose uh. how, like... I didn't have to choose to associate myself with various fringe folks. Uh, <laughs> man. I'm just an adult who could watch a show I liked in the quiet exactly. of my own bedroom. Yes, yes. And not have to talk about it if I don't want. Yeah. Uh, this episode has my favorite, one of my favorite things. It's kind of a recurring bit on Aqua Teen, which is that Meatwad's video games are aggressively not video games like none of them are ever anything like anything you would ever play this fucking game that he's playing uh not the video ouija one right i mean like that one is he's talking to the dead that's already very strange but the game that he replaces it with is just a game about master (laughs) insult master these two guys just insulting each other like that man you stole my wristwatch you dumb i already have a wristwatch you dumb Burn! <laughs> Burn! I saw you looking at it. Joe Mama, you did. Classic comeback! Joe Mama, Joe Mama, Joe Mama! Incineration! Alright! You're the insult master! <laughs> and I really, really. There's adore another this. episode, and I, I and I am not embarrassed to say I remember this almost verbatim from <laughs> when I was 15. Uh but it goes a little something like this. Where D- Midwad is describing a video game called Clam Digger. <laughs> he's like so jerome calls you up and he's all i could dig more clams in you and you gotta say no oh boy and you get your buggers and your shovels and you race down to the beach and the whole point of the game is to buy barking i would hang out with meatwad any day of the fucking week meatwad's a boy meatwad's a good boy uh I yeah I don't know I love I love these video games and just the fact that he's got a video game that just specifically really speaks to the dead and that Shake's immediate idea is to kill himself to fuck with Meatwad uh, is I guess I I I love it it's wonderful yeah it, it it's an episode that lacks a little bit of tact uh, yes. in regards to the topic but I think they did a good job doing it really over the top so as to not. I mean, I they think. charge in so sure-footedly that it, you kind of don't have a second to really mm-hmm. question it, you know? I agree. <laughs> he's like, yes. hey, Frylock, come, come check it out, as he's as he's stringing himself up by the throat. It's, it's visceral, but it's also, he thinks, the fact that he's confident he's playing a joke that will pay off <laughs> is really funny. <laughs> yeah. Right. They don't sort of, they don't sort of play into, like, I don't know, like, being him being like sad and depressed or so no. you know like they don't sort of deal with anything he's like that. positive he's going to become a ghost to mess with me <laughs> right yeah and i think it, it all breaks if you do that like if meatwad's sad he's dead the episode is broken the show is broken like you like if you're gonna charge in like that 
like the fact that you like just to undermine it so quickly that Shake did all this for nothing and then no one's upset about it. Like that's the only way you can really do it. Like the, like well, any, right. any other possible way is just like kind of weird and gross. Right. The cruel twist of the episode after Master Shake g- jumps in a pool after taking a piranha pills, a piranha infested <laughs> pool with, with toasters um, is that Miwad has already moved on to another game and all of this is for absolute nothing. And Shake which, is trapped with the ghost that Mi- Miwad has already met this ghost who's always complaining about his sister and a baby and now tra- Shake is trapped with, with these with these digital baby digital baby ghosts. <laughs> What what's interesting is that this episode kind of we've talked about this a lot before, but like even in the content that I liked from the early 2000s, like the Bush era humor sort of like it, it's it's in there. Right. I mean, like there's a little bit of like like sort of internalized, like casual homophobia that it's not done. Yeah. Like there's a couple gay jokes, but they're not like it's I feel like they approach that. And the similar thing with Billy Witch Doctor dot com. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's so close to being really like to being homophobic and it's so close to being racist, but it's like the joke isn't at those things expense, like really at all. And, and the, the sure-footedness with which they charge into and through it sort of makes it, I guess, sting right. less. Yeah. I don't so, know. So, so, so I will, I will mostly agree and qualify it a little bit. Um, yeah. So, so the gay joke, l- let's compare it to a, a literal contemporary NBC hit Friends. Yes, in which totally. The, in which the gay jokes are said by characters you relate to and sympathize with and want to be like. Mm-hmm. And and while you could say that the joke was that when Carl's Carl's kind of glib gay joke is a, it's phrased like a joke, you can laugh at it and not that you should, but like it's like it's jokey and it's it's the year two thousand, right? Um. But yeah, you're never supposed to want to be Carl and want to no, be like Carl or no. want to be hang out with Carl. Like no, Carl's it's, the it's, actual worst. And so I think that's a definite difference to me than yeah. than Rachel Aniston just like dogging on two dudes for no yes, reason on absolutely. Ross Chandler. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I no, I, that that's kind of where I'm at with it, right? So like. The funniest, the most quoted part of this episode is the second half. So the 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 witch doctor that um that Frylock hires is first of all his is like this is what I mean. Like the jokes are not at the expense of like the concept or the character necessarily. He like has they're an all sort of because ancillary. he clearly he's clearly speaking English as a second language, but he's not right. you're not laughing at again, this I would compare it to a show uh like uh like CBS hit. Uh, two broke girls where there's a there's an Asian character who you're kind of always laughing at how his at his inability to learn English good oh, right boy. yeah and and not that not me because but, right <laughs> but the 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 the, the implied you, said viewer. you mean I'm doing that I'm <laughs> laughing at this I am not sir <laughs> um, but no the royal but you. yeah and, and, yeah it's and, not and like it's that. It's not like that. And and I have said before, like, when you have a good sense of humor and when it's not at a, if it's not mean spirited, I, th- I think it's okay that accents and, and, and not necessarily, not, not literally the accent, but like the words you choose to use and yeah. can be funny. 
Totally. Well, um, for example, like, the biggest joke is that this guy's name is BillyWitchDoctor.com. Yeah. <laughs> so, how is this pronounced? Billy. Okay. And it's so funny. And I love, I love that. Like, it's so immediately sketchy. Like, you can just imagine the pop-up ads that Frylock had to close to hire this guy. And, mm-hmm. and, and then he's like, he's, he belligerently is like, BillyWitchDoctor.com work mostly in chicken. Well, could BillyWitchDoctor.com maybe raise something else from the dead, bigger than a chicken? Mega Ultra Chicken. No, shh, he is legend. Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, this character is just funny in his own right. He's so funny. Uh, And again, right, like he, he, part of the ritual as they all stand there doing this sort of group seance is that uh, like, first of all, like we have that sort of gay joke where, where Carl is uncomfortable holding hands with people. And so he says, no, please. Kiss him deep with tongue. Do what? <laughs> Just kid. Just kid, dirty boy. It's a really great place way to like underline that Carl's wrong. And it's yeah, funny. Totally. <laughs> and then this is another another sort of relic of the time, right? He he yeah. makes them say he makes them say the uh, the 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 sort of I don't even I'm I mean, I'm not gonna say it, but it's like the I am sofa king, and then like they say the R word that people don't like. Uh, it's bad. And Which was, ex- you know, it was it was so far, like, just to put it in context, that we were not at a place where that was even considered insensitive. Right. As- I mean, yeah. the, ma- the man show was on television. Yeah, going back to any content at that time is... It's boy. not a... Yeah. Remember when Jimmy Kimmel did the man show? You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Boy, oh, man. man show. I wish I that didn't. Was- yeah, that was I not watched, that long ago. I watched, all it, I watched it a lot more than I <laughs> wish I had. You know, that's yeah. funny. Given given how I I I I bounced off that show. Uh huh. And not. I guess I find it interesting that you bounced off Aquatine and, and didn't and not the Man Show. Well, um, I wasn't I'm not trying to dog them. you. I'm not trying to like. Yeah. It's not a no, gotcha journalism. I, I'm just. I'm, I'm genuinely know. intrigued by that. That little. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I watched the Man Show as a ten year old boy. Right. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I came into Aqua Teen at, you know, 14 or 15. I suppose or that's fair. You know, I still, I still found it really odd and off putting. And maybe it's because I was a late bloomer, but like, it didn't make any sense to me as comedy. Oh, it's, um, it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we didn't, know, we, we lost track of what funny was when Bush was president and after 9 11. Like, that seems so weird to just sort of be like, to blame humor problems on 9-11. But like, if you were there and you lived through it, that five years was like wild and weird and scary and everything was strange. And and I don't even, I don't even, like you go back, it is so obvious where you, like, I don't even think like, I think you could show me something from that era that I'd never seen before and I could guess exactly that that was from that time. Like, period. you remember when people openly all had like, sniper target decals over a picture of osama bin laden and it's just like <laughs> yeah that's, all right yeah. all right gang we're gonna murder this person yeah and it as was a just, society it was like there was just there's just so much stuff going on at the at that time uh and it feels it feels a little bit like i'm trying to apologize for aqua teens r word joke but like i think it's important to some degree to remember that literally every comedy uh, on the air almost was dropping was, it was dropping that 
the fucking Black Eyed Peas had a song with it. And then everyone forgets that that was the original version. It wasn't Let's Get It Started in here, you guys. The album version had that word in it, Black Eyed yeah. Peas. And then we try and forget about it. Like, yeah. Anyway, it was everywhere. Now, to be was... fair, now to be fair to those who forget, that was the radio edit from the time. It was. The yeah. radio was not cool with that word. Uh-huh. Which would put them <laughs> surprisingly on the vanguard of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of of the right side of history. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, radio. <laughs> nice job, radio, and your payola. <laughs> um Let's let's reel it back in here. Yeah, um, let's finish. Let's so finish up this episode. The rest of the episode follows <laughs> their seance of of getting a chicken to arise or Master Shake, uh, take your pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of do that for a while. Chicken arise, arise, chicken arise. Arise, chicken. Everybody do it. Okay, my bad. Um, They try (laughs) a few different places, a few different options. There's a really good sound cue that happens, and the way that Meatwad keeps repeating everything BillyWitchDoctor.com says, like after like a second's delay, is really, really quite funny in a in sort of a understated way. A rush, a rush, a rush, a rush, chicken, a rush. Arras chicken. Arras chicken. Yeah. yeah. And then BillyWatchDoctor.com gets roasted, exploded by a fireball. If this is just sort of awkward in wrapping up loose ends. I don't really know why he needed to get eye blasted other than that's just what happens in the last 30 seconds of Aquatine as people start yeah. dying. Frylock, Frylock has laser eyes and blows shit up. And they do the the sort of Tim and Eric situation. The, the, well, I mean, we could call it a, a Space Ghost situation considering we saw it last week, but where they... Uh, they do like a real life fire or real life explosion just sort of put on top of this animation. Right. Uh, and he does that all the time. Those fucking explosions come out of that guy's eyeballs. Yeah. Well, and then and then the actual ultra mega chicken is summoned uh, <laughs> to uh, to sort of put a little if, cap if on the episode. Yeah. He's yeah. legend. Okay, so uh, now we've seen all four, and uh, I think the listeners are dying to know Austin. Where'd you Where'd you land on this? You know, I'm I'm still kind of figuring that out myself, uh, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, when when watching these, you know, like I said before, like I smiled while watching it. It kind of all washed over me like a like an ocean wave. Um, <laughs> but I I laughed a lot more out loud just from you guys sort of recapping the things that happened than actually sort of seeing it happen in the moment because and i think this is somehow the way that the show is delivered or the way you've got to cook it a little bit at least until you know how to you know eat the ingredients well but also you know again in 11 minutes it runs by so fast and it is so chaotic it does and, and the way that i don't know maybe the way my brain processes information is just trying to keep up and is having a hard time with the amount of like constant lines happening but uh you know it's like a dream that it doesn't feel weird when it's all in the dream and it's only when you wake up and think about what was in the dream is it actually funny you yeah, know right? is yeah. it is it actually like on reflection you realize things were strange because yeah you know the way it's it's done it just isn't 
it's not weird in the moment. As I've outgrown my my teen years of being able to sort of have entire coded conversations in Simpsons quotes. Right. Uh, yeah. Aqua Teen has persisted, I think, uh, at a higher rate than 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 Simpsons quotes to sort of my my daily go tos. Not I, daily, but frequent <laughs> go tos. Yeah. Rory does have a personality, everyone. I just want y'all to know. It's they not just know. these damn quotes. <laughs> they all know. <laughs> No, I I uh I think that there is something to be said for uh like I don't want to I don't I, I'm I'm not going to try and frame this in a way that makes you sound like you're just not getting it Austin but like there is something taken. to be said Continue. Uh, yeah you just don't fucking get it uh there is definitely something to be said for a show that takes a while to like really teach you your avenue towards enjoying it and there's it's totally viable and like valid to uh bounce off something that doesn't grab you within like you know four to six episodes like that's a pretty reasonable amount of time to be like i don't know if this is for me but uh but i do think the more that i watched aquatine the more i was enjoying aquatine you, and you, i think yeah you you do have to sort of build up a, a some kind of lexicon and uh, i related to this is this sort of goes back to the college years a little bit uh because for all for one, because it's it's kind of a, a sort of very college collegey humor. Um dot com. But I, <laughs> I, I I went to and and these two as well, uh an incredibly white college where yeah. I sort of found myself in the weird position of being sort of a hip hop ambassador to a bu- to a bunch of white <laughs> kids who who like didn't who never listened to anything besides Garth Brooks. Right. And and um and constantly being like like I'm the one hosting the parties and and I'm playing my music. I'm like I don't like it, and you just be like, you will, and then be like, <laughs> okay, like, okay, they're, they're just talking fast. And you're like, okay, you uh... just like you'll you you do have to, and while I think that they're wrong entirely and wholly <laughs> for their ta- for their choices and their tastes, I do also think that you hip hop's not good until you get it. You have to learn to get it a little. Like, you gotta... It's not... Mm-hmm. It's You can't just drop it on somebody the way you can drop... I don't know. Uh, the Black Eyed Peas? You can drop the Black Eyed Peas on them, which are not hip-hop. <laughs> as we, as... No. Uh, I think that... Uh, I think that my my general feeling is that even if you don't enjoy Aqua Teen, you can appreciate how specifically crafted it is because i think it really if we haven't brought it home in any way it is not lol random humor it is not just weird shit for the sake of weird shit it's not like, it's really not it's, it's chaotic it's intentional chaotic yes but it's all intentional and it's all in the service of a greater joke and if you find that joke funny awesome and the but plot like, of every episode is not interchangeable like the way you no. with space ghost you kind of could you could swap out who the guest is and what the sort of like running bit is outside of the guest and not too much has been has been adulterated. Yeah. Um but anyway. Uh, yeah. uh Austin is going to uh Jail? be in in the opposite seat next week. Next episode. Uh because I'm pretty sure Austin is our ambassador to Metalocalypse. That's in true. In a way that that we A were bit. for this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was not, 
I will. I, I'm. I'm nowhere near. And of course, we'll get into this next week. But yeah, nowhere near the the sort of uneven footing of of fandom. Oh, for we for have sure. a, a superhero has arrived at our podcast. Captain qualifiers here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Here, just in time. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, we'll we'll, uh, we'll definitely get into Metalocalypse next week, and and we'll have all kinds of stuff to talk about. Uh, and. I hope you're enjoying our Adult Swim arc so far. You know, I mean, it's it's been interesting. I'm I think we'll have more discussions kind of when we look back at all of it, but so far yeah. all of them extremely different styles of humor. You know, adult humor is not a one size fits all genre. You know, and like every everyone's weird takes uh are <laughs> you know, my twisted reality. Everyone's sick, dark, twisted reality uh, in each of these shows, uh, even though they are very similar and all sort of ape on the uh, Hanna-Barbera catalog in different ways. But uh, yeah, yeah, really interesting stuff. So yeah, we'll, we'll move on. We'll get a little later uh, in the timeline with Metalocalypse. So uh, until then, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.